Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. the first week we talked about how God is on the move and how we can make a move toward God. Um, And then last week I tried to preach on the fact that God moves us, that it's in him that we are moved. And um, I was actually preaching about different seasons and uh, (laughs) one fly made it in here. I was actually preaching about different seasons, um, seasons of our lives. Um, And uh, one of those seasons is uh, grief. Uh, There are times, there's a time, the scripture says there's a time to mourn. Uh, There's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. And so uh, God is not against seasons. God created seasons. And so the changing of the season is, is, is God's hand moving the planet. But even through every season, through every season, he still holds the world in his hands. Remember the old song? He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got, he does. The whole, the whole world is in his hands. So, so the same God that brought you to, to the fall with uh, pumpkin spice lattes and football and cooler weather is the same God that will take you into the winter. <clears throat> when when it's when it's when when you can't go outside much and Texans are complaining about when it starts raining a little bit and they're they're going off the road because there's precipitation falling from the sky. Uh, the same God, the same God that, that leads you into the spring and through the summer, He leads you through all of the seasons. And so my hope is that we would learn to trust Him and not trust a season but trust the God who creates the seasons, the God who has us in his hands, even when we, whatever season we find ourselves. So we're gonna go through seasons. And um, I, I had no idea that this was gonna be a season of Nick's passing, I, last week even. He'd been in the hospital, uh, been in the hospital several times, but many times he just got better. He came home and would get better. But it's amazing how God prepares us uh, for what he's doing in our hearts. Man, he, he want, he, he's okay with seasons. He's fine with that. And how you respond, how you act, is always different in every season. Um, so I'm not going to re-preach last week's sermon, but if you want to listen to the podcast, you can listen to that online. It's available to you. Um, but today I want to talk about one major way in which we can move, and that is to move into prayer. We need to move into prayer need to learn in your own life. And you you don't have to be a prayer warrior necessarily. You don't have to pray hours a day. But on some level, all of us, if you want to experience all that God has for you, if you really want to make a move, prayer has got to be a part of that. And prayer is where you talk to God. It's where you, where you petition, where you ask things, where, but also where you acknowledge Him, where you worship Him in your own, in your own space, in the car on your way to work or, or at home before you go to bed. I, I like to pray late at night. Some, some people, it's like you have to get up early and pray. That's what they say. You just gotta, but my, my Jesus isn't even up before seven o'clock. He's, he, my Jesus sleeps a while. He's, he's sleeping. Uh, some of you guys are praying. He's just recording those to listen to them later. I'm just, I'm sorry to tell you, but 
It's not live. It's not a live feed. I get, I get the live feed. It's at midnight. That's when it's live. That's the live feed. That's when Jesus, no, just kidding. Uh, uh, he's, he, you know, he never sleeps or slumbers. But man, I'll tell you what, for me, if I tried, like I, I tried for a while, like, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to pray. And I get up and I like, you know, trying try to drink my coffee, trying to awaken myself. I'm just, I'm not that way. I'm a night person. So I pray at night. And by the way, David said in the Psalms that he was laying on his bed meditating on scriptures. Come on, somebody. That's the kind of prayer that I'm talking about, you know? It's late at night. And you're, I mean, I, I, my sermons are all, I write my sermons late at night. I mean, it's just, it's just, I'm most creative. I'm most, I'm most awake then. And so that's when God's like, okay, now I'll talk to you. And so you, but you find your sweet spot and you, you have to though set aside time for prayer. Prayer is so important to what God wants to do in your family. Prayer is so important. It's amazing. Prayer does stuff that, that you can't do. So, so there are things you can do, right? But then prayer does things that you cannot do. Scripture says that we ought to come boldly before the throne of grace and we can find grace to help in time of need. You cannot give yourself grace. You cannot give yourself power. Grace is power to do what God's calling you to do. You can't do that. You might want to do what is right. You might want to change your life. But if you don't have the grace from God, you can't do it. And so prayer is the channel, it's the connection that, that, that sends his grace to you and to me. So we have a desire to move, but many times we don't move because, because we don't pray. And scripture says, actually, Jesus said that you have not because you ask not. And so my pastor always says, big mouths get big blessings. Um, that's not in the Bible, but uh, he... He, he likes to say stuff like that. And so, so some of you guys, and you're going to get blessed real big if you, if you just turn your big mouth toward heaven. This is what you need to do. You need to turn it toward heaven. And uh, we use our mouths all the time to complain. We use our mouths to, to mourn or to grieve or to, or, to, or to be skeptical or to look at this and look at that and talk things through. But, but man, if, if we would have a conversation with heaven, if we would start talking to God about our grief and about our burdens and about the things that we are concerned about. Uh, talking to him, bringing it before him, that's where you get grace to actually deal with it. And so, so, so I, I, I want to help you with this idea of moving into prayer. And, and this scripture came to my mind from Acts chapter 12. The book of Acts, by the way, is like the history of the church um, in its earliest stages. And um, one of the key leaders of the church was a, a guy named Peter, Apostle Peter. And uh, I preached a whole sermon series on him a little while ago. The me also me, uh, Peter, up and down Peter. But man, after the Holy Spirit filled him, after, after he completely gave his life over to Christ, and I mean, we see a whole new Peter, and Peter is one of the main leaders, really, of the church. And Peter is in prison in Acts chapter 12. Um, therefore, in verse 5, it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but, I like this, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I don't know where you are right now, but I do know the solution for your situation is that constant prayer would be offered to God for you by the church. You can't underestimate the power of that. Uh, prayer is not, by the way, it's not good vibes. That's right. <laughs> 
people are sending me good vibes and it, they never get to me. They, they, I think it's kind of like Bluetooth, you know? If you're like in the other room, it just doesn't get through the walls. The sheetrock blocks the vibes, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, or, you know, juju or like, I, I don't know what that is or, or how you receive it or how you send it. I'm not sure if you have to have a special, you know, internet connection for that, but I'm out in the country. I'm just on, you know, my, my Verizon phone. I don't get the vibes. I don't get the juju. But prayer is where, is where there is something not offered to me. See, because good vibes, I, I guess, are supposed to come to me, like from you to me. And then I feel that when, when you hug me. I feel that when I'm around you. I feel that when I see you and look you in the eye or when you, when you post something on Facebook, an encouraging word. I feel that from you. But what I need really is that I can't get from you. So what I need is from God. And so the most powerful thing that you can do for your family, for your children, for yourself is to have constant prayer going to God for you so that somebody else comes to God and prays for you that God would send you what you need because what you really need can only come from God. And so Peter is in prison and none of the people can visit him in prison. None of the people can get him out of prison. This is a situation that is beyond them and, and and, and, and yet it says constant prayer was being offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out uh, that, that night, that very night, Peter was sleeping. He was bound with two chains and he was between two soldiers. And the guards were in front of the door. Uh, they were keeping the prison. In other words, he was locked up. Now he's bound with two chains and he's between two, two, two guards. And then there are guards at the, at the gate of the prison. Uh, this is high security. He's, he's in maximum security here. He's not going to get out. But in verse 7, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, just appeared. Uh, we don't know how he got there, but he just stood by him and a light was shining in the prison. This is what prayer does. Prayer brings light into dark places. Prayer shines light into the dungeons of life and the dungeons of uh, where, where we find ourselves. And the angel, I think this is funny, the angel struck Peter on the side. <laughs> That's a good way to wake you up. Bam! Just struck him on the side. The first night when we moved out to the country, I was sleeping. We had to sleep on the floor. And um, at about 4 a.m., uh, 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 a scorpion struck me on the side. And uh, I woke up. I was like, what in the world? Anyway, had to go get, get the raid. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty... And I didn't go back to sleep until that thing was dead. Uh, it's a brutal way to wake up. And so the angel strikes Peter on the side and raises him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. This is an important little detail. His chains fell off his hands. The angel didn't loose the chains. The angel didn't touch the chains. The angel didn't break the chains. His chains just simply fell off of his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself, put on your sandals, get dressed. So, so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So they went out uh, and he followed him. He did not know uh, that what was done by the angel was real, but he thought that he was seeing a vision. So Peter's just, he's still, he th he's thinking this is a dream. And they were past the first and the second guard post. They came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. So, so, so the chains fell off on their own. 
the iron gate opened on its own. The angel didn't do that. They came to the iron gate, leads the city, and it opened on its own accord, and they went out down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter kind of woke up, came to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had thought about this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because you couldn't see through the gate, it's just a wooden uh, door, and she heard Peter's, recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she didn't even open the gate, but she ran in and announced that Peter stood outside before the gate. <laughs> Every church needs a, needs a Rhoda or two. You know, they're, they're passionate, they're excited, they're not very good at details, but they are, they're there at the prayer meeting, and they're excited, they're going to tell everybody what's happening. And now, the, she left Pete out there, but she's so excited, and uh, yeah, every church needs, we, we actually have a few of those here at City Chapel, we got... We got a few. We got a few of those, um, and I and I love it. I actually, I, I think I married one. We have a, a we don't have a Rhoda. We have a Rowena, and uh, she's super passionate, super excited. The details aren't that important, but she's excited about it. And so Rhoda runs in, tells the people, "Man, Peter's out there." But they said to her, "You're beside yourself." In other words, you're not thinking clearly. Uh, but she kept insisting that it was him. And so they said, maybe it's an angel. <laughs> now, verse 4, 16, Peter continues knocking. And when they, come on, kids, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> having fun over there. <laughs> thought they're coming through that door. We got the blaster door closed, right? We're good. We're safe. Peter continued knocking, and they finally opened the door and saw him. They were astonished, uh, but motioning to them with his hands, he, he told them to be quiet, and he told them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to the other brothers, and he departed and went to another place. This kind of strange story just sticks out to me as, as a, a, a blatant reminder of the power of prayer. I know many of us aren't actually in prison, um, and maybe we don't know many pastors that have been imprisoned for preaching the gospel. Um, in, in our context here in America, that doesn't happen very often yet. Uh, but uh, but in, in other places in the world, it does happen. And so there are stories like this in other places. But for us, this is very weird. This is an odd story. We don't hear much about somebody going to jail because they're doing good or helping people or preaching or loving on people. That doesn't normally happen. But for, so, so it's a bit, it's a bit odd to understand this, this, the, the context of this story, but, but when you see just how powerful prayer is, how, how the gate opened by itself, the angel didn't open it. So what opened the gate? <laughs> what opens every iron gate that holds people in bonds and chains? It is prayer. It's prayer. The I mean, as they are praying, they are having a prayer meeting that night as they are praying. Peter suddenly has a, a visiting angel with him. And this is why it's so important that we pray for Carol and JT and 
Alma and, and Jason. This is not just good thoughts that we're sending. This is not just warm feelings. We're, we're talking to a God that can drop angels in the middle of dungeons. We're talking to a God that as you, see, like, I, I think you have to be specific in your prayers too, though. I think you have to be specific because, because the angel wasn't going to undo the chains. And so, and so I think they had to actually pray that the chains would fall off. I think they actually had to pray that the gate would open because those things happened without the angel and without Peter. This is all done by prayer. This is all done by people who are praying. And so when God's people gets together, when they come together and start praying for others who are in difficult times, who are in, 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 in difficult situations, God can do stuff that we cannot do that we don't even know that he's doing at the time. Like, that's the thing. They didn't get any email from Jesus. They didn't get text message. All right, I'm on it, on my way, you know. Uh, you're not supposed to text and drive, Jesus. What are you doing? They, did, they didn't hear anything. They're just praying. And sometimes that's what faith is. Faith is just praying, asking God to do something, believing that he is doing something about that situation when I can't even see him doing anything about that situation. That gates are being opened right now. Chains are falling off right now. Freedom is coming to people as I I pray and I don't even see the fruit of it yet. I'm just, I'm just praying. I'm just asking God to do what only he can do. And as they ask God to do that, suddenly things are happening in the background and, and it's specific. It's very specific. And the angel is guiding Peter out through uh, his prison. There's so many people in prisons today, so many people locked up today, so many people in dungeons today. We need a church that is ready to pray. So much going on in your own life, so much going on in your own family, so many things that, that, that are difficult and hard to deal with, so many chains that you cannot get out of. So many uh, chains that have been built up over time, habits and addictions that have been, that have been built up over time. We, we need the power of God. We need something bigger than us. We need something larger than us. If you could have broke free, you would have by now. I mean, didn't you want freedom? Isn't that what got you? Like, it's so weird how it's the very desire, like our, our, our desire from the beginning is typically pretty good, but the very desire for freedom that we have leads us into bondage because we're, it leads us into addiction, for instance, because addiction is an escape. And so it feels like freedom for the moment. And that's why we run into addiction. And then we get hooked on addiction because we like the feeling of a momentary freedom. And we are, we are unwilling to release a momentary freedom for a permanent freedom. The permanent freedom that God, because, because, we, <laughs> because freedom is all about, is trying to control circumstances. It's trying to, to control emotions. It's trying to control where we are. But when we come to God and when we pray and when we release it to him, when we give it to him, when we offer it up to him, we are, we are acknowledging that we're not in control, that we need God to step in and control this situation. We need God to have his will done on earth as it is in heaven. We need him to do what only he can do. And so we release control. And so it is the releasing of control that actually brings freedom because it's not on your shoulders anymore. It's not on your back anymore. The weight of that is released from you. It's lifted from you and you've, you've given it to God in prayer or, or you've given that person to God in prayer. You've, you've given that situation to God in prayer. You've, you've, you've lifted it up to him and you've asked him to do what only he can do, which is not always, by the way, exactly what you want done. 
<laughs> because they, they didn't even believe Peter was standing outside the gate. They didn't even believe sometimes what God is doing, it's hard for us to even accept that that is God because that's not exactly what we ordered. That's not exactly what we thought it would look like. This is, this is, this is too early. This came in too early or too late. And, 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 and what prayer does though, it doesn't just get us what we want. It gives us what we need. It allows God to pour what he wants into us. And so he, it's, it, this is what Jesus experienced. Like, like look, if, if, if God himself, Jesus, if God himself had to pray to himself, <laughs> in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is praying to the Father. Jesus is one with the Father. Bless you. Jesus is one with the Father, and he's praying to the Father. And his prayer goes something like this. He says, not my will, but your will be done. So if God himself has to pray to himself and submit to himself, you might have to do that too. Because <laughs> you ain't Jesus. You're not walking on water anytime soon. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, might, you might need to do that. He's leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps, that we can go to God and not just say, God, this is what I want and this is what I need and this is how it, and this is how it needs to happen, but, but to say, God, what is your will? Prayer ought to be an aligning of our will with God's will. Where we come to God, when, and, 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 and even as we prayed for Nick last week, gathered around Nick uh, there, there before they went to the hospital, the whatever time that was, uh, and gathered around with Carol. And, you know, it's like, God, I think it would be awesome for Nick to stay with us. I think it would be wonderful. I think Nick is doing a good thing. Nick is serving people. Nick is helping people. So I think it makes sense to me. If I were you, I would, I would just heal him and just raise him up so he can stay with us, be sitting out here smiling, greeting everybody as they come in like he always does, you know, he's just pulls up a chair right there at the door and I think that would be great you know but 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 my vision is so limited when I see the scope is so small and I don't know how much that costs Nick all the time and I don't know what his body's going through I don't know the aches and the pains I don't know the difficulty of sleeping I don't know I don't know every suffering that he's having and so it's kind of selfishly I'm saying God I would like this and so if you would do that that would be awesome but at the same time Lord like the Bible says that our times are in your hands are the day of our birth and the day of our death he's got this all arranged and so I'm ready to trust God I'm ready to trust him if he's got something better planned I'm ready to trust him if he's got something bigger planned than what I can see. And, and, and that's so difficult because we're so used to uh, pushing buttons and getting what we need. And prayer is not that. Prayer is this, it's this conversation, it's this relationship with God where, where you get close to him and, and, and he starts sending the juju or the vibes or whatever to you. You pick up on his feelings, on his thoughts, on his ways, on his mentality. And it's not just the prayer that's necessary, but it is the fact, as it says in verse 2, that constant prayer was being offered to God by the church. That people had come together to pray. Uh, scripture, Jesus constantly was talking about this, the power of unity when it comes to prayer. That when two or three touch and agree on any one thing, and two or three people coming together, now, now in order to touch something or agree one I think I think it's good that Jesus put those put those parameters if any if two or three touch and agree 
the touch and agree. So to touch, there needs to be some proximity. So if, if I'm going to touch this, and Roe is going to touch the other side, we're, we're going we're gonna to have to come, we're going to have to come together. She's, she's all the way down there sitting comfortably in her seat. But if she's going to come up and, and touch the pulpit, which we didn't talk about any kind of illustration, but honey, just for sake of illustration, how about you just make a couple steps and, and you just make me look good up here. And so you touch the pulpit, suddenly she's a lot closer to me. And, 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 if, and if both of us are, if the, and that's if we're touching a big thing, but if we're touching a smaller thing, we're, 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 we're touching it together. We're, we're, we're green and touching together. And it's this proximity that as we come, a lot of times you come in church and you're really far from the person next to you. You don't even know their name. That's why we got name badges and stuff. You're very far from them. But power, great power happens when we come together, not around the fact that we have a lot in common, because even in marriage, we, we don't have much in common. We, some of our friends were like, are you sure you want to marry that? Because you're kind of different. And she's outdoors. I'm inside. She's, you know, loud. I'm not. It's true. She's good looking. I'm, you know, so-so. But it's, but when you, but when you, opposites attract, and, and this, is, this is what God does, though. He doesn't want you coming together just for the other person. He wants you coming together around something, agreeing on something. We're coming together on, on, around a goal, around a mission, around a purpose. And so if we would touch, that brings us into proximity. But then it, Scripture says that if we agree, well, that's even trickier. Because in this room, like, we got all kinds of opinions. There's like, I don't know, 130 people in here. There's like 4,000 opinions. <laughs> Just multiply that. Everyone's got like, I don't know, 100 or so. About every subject, right? Whether we're talking political uh, or, you know, the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, we got all kinds of it. We got big fans here. We got some Houston fans. Like, we got all kinds of thoughts around things. And to come into agreement, I've found, is even more difficult than to come into proximity. Sometimes people will come close to, to get stuff done. But to come into agreement is something that, that's up here. That we come, that we, that we align not just our, our, our physical bodies that we're here working on the church together, but we come into agreement as to why we are doing what we're doing. And so it is the why that we, thanks babe, yeah. It's the why that you got to come in on. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the, it's the why. When you come into agreement, you, you, you agree on the why why we're building a church, why we're doing all of this, why we're serving, why we're praying, why we're praying for Nick and Carol so that God's will would be done. So it's not a failure when Nick passes and graduates to heaven. It's a promotion. We thank God for what his will is because we're in agreement on that. And Carol's in agreement on that. And, and we're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're not just after what we want. We're after what God wants. We're coming together around the why, which is that Jesus would receive the glory that's due to him in everything in life. And so, so really, my, my altar call is just that you would go home and pray. Even if it's just five minutes at night. Or in the morning, I don't care. Five, just just set, set aside five minutes and say, I'm going, I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to listen. Maybe I'm going to put on some worship music and listen to something while I do that to get my, get my mind focused on him. 
but just, just taking a season, a time in your life. And we, we have prayer meetings here frequently, and you're always welcome to come to those. But, but it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be with the church. It can, it can, be, can start off with just you. And then it can move to your family. And you can sit around the table, and you can pray over your meal. And you can, and you can pray before kids go to bed. And you can pray whenever, whenever they're sick. And they can pray over you. My, my kids pray over me whenever I'm sick. Because that's what we do. We pray. We connect with God. I can't heal myself. I need God to touch my body. And so, uh, and so God is our, prayer is our first response. And so, so, so I want you to go home and I want you to do that. I want you to, this is a real practical sermon today. Just go home and pray. Just pray. Just pray for Nick and Carol. Pray for these that are, that are, that are grieving. Pray for yourself if you're grieving. It's not selfish to pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray, pray for grace for you, help for you. Just go ahead. Ask God what you, tell him what you need or what you, what you think you need and submit yourself to his will and see what he does. And so when we do that, but the second part is that we would come together. And so that's why we're starting small groups up again here um, next Sunday. We're launching brand new small groups. Um, we're going to have tables. We're going to open this door and have tables out there at the end of service next week. And um, each table is going to be for a different small group with a small group leader there. We're going to have a little handouts you can read about. We're going to take time out in the service for you to look at all of the small groups. And some of the small groups really just, they, they, they revolve around serving, like the Keep Kids Fed small group. They stuff bags for kids every Tuesday night. And then once a month they hang out and get to know each other. But it is coming together. Sometimes it's around a purpose. It's around something that's so powerful. Whether it's a, 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 a Bible reading. Some groups are studying scripture. Some groups are prayer groups. Some groups are serving groups. But whatever you're coming around, that's okay. But what you're coming around is good. But it's also the people of that's coming around with you. So the worship team is also a small group. And so if you want to join the worship team, we have a lot of people on the worship team, but we still have space. We'll scoot over for you. If you play the clarinet, we'll scoot over for you. We'll figure out some way to incorporate the clarinet and to draw me close. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Because it's not, it's not just about what we're coming around. It's about the people that are coming around it. And if we can connect with those people, I'm telling you, our prayers will be powerful. God will do amazing things in this city and in this little building and in Gaddy's and, uh, <laughs> and all around this area. God's not limited to just church. He can go into anywhere, obviously, into prisons, into dungeons when God's people pray. And so, Lord, I, I pray right now that you, would, that you would show us how to pray, teach us how to pray. Teach us when we, when we come before you uh, that we don't have to be professionals at it. We can just acknowledge our need of you. We can just say that we need you. We can, just, we can just let you know our cares. We can let you know our concerns. We can put them before you. you. You want to hear them. We can lay them at your feet. Thank you for examples of scripture of what you, what you can do that we cannot do. You can, you can drop off angels in all kinds of locations. Nothing's off limits to you. And so, Lord, we ask that, that we would be a praying church, that we'd be a praying people. Not only that, but that we would come together 
we would come together and build relationships with each other, that we would get to know each other beyond just a Sunday morning gathering, that we would get to know each other in living rooms and, and, in, and, in, and in different serving capacities, the street cleaning, cleaning streets, picking up litter, doing, doing things together, doing life together. Lord, may, we, may, 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 we have, may we hunger to, to, to come together, to build relationships uh, around the cause of Christ here around the why that Jesus would be glorified and lifted up. May he be glorified in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.